So turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 3. Now, Paul's dealing with the issue of justification in Christ, in him alone. And he's going to present this portion of Scripture we're coming to now. We, we looked at verse 1 the last two weeks. We spent two weeks on that. So now we're, going to, now we're entering into this portion where Paul's going to ask five questions. Five questions. And what these five questions are, are for is for the Galatians to examine. Is for them, is for the Galatian believers to reflect on the fact that salvation is of the Lord. There is no other way. No other way to be saved. It's not, it's not anything of our doing. It's not anything of law-keeping. Salvation is in and through Christ and him alone. And Paul will contrast with these, question, with these questions, is one saved by faith or is one saved by works? He's going to set those scenarios before the, before the Galatians. And so even for us, it's good for us to reflect upon these things, right? Because all Scripture is given, is, given for, is, is given by inspiration and it's profitable, right, for all believers. It's profitable for all believers. So it's good for us to examine too. And keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as we unpack these Scriptures, what's brought forth in these, in these questions, that the question becomes, is one saved by faith alone, in Christ alone? Or is one saved by works, law doing, law doing, law keeping? So these questions here are for reflection. Reflection. They're for us to, to stop and to think about, to reflect upon the truths that are presented in the scriptures here. Do we believe what Paul is putting forth here? That salvation is all of grace. That's all of grace. That is absolutely nothing that we do. No law keeping, no works of our own, but salvation is in and through Christ and him alone. And remember too, you know, sometimes folks will, will think, well, that, you know, we already know all that. The Holy Spirit has set these words before us for a reason. That's how I, when I look at Scripture now, I look at it as, as, as what's being placed before me here and, and praying that the Holy Spirit will illuminate the Scripture so that I might learn. So I might learn. Because these are, the, all Scriptures is given for either reproof or learning or, it, it teaches us, beloved. It teaches us about Christ. It teaches us about salvation in and through Christ alone. It teaches us about our sovereign God and who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. So let's read here, remembering that the true author of these words is God the Holy Spirit. Let's read verses 1 to 9. And within this portion of scripture, we see the five questions that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to pen down to ask these Galatian believers. And we know that he doesn't say, well, you're all lost, because he, the first question, received ye the Spirit. So he's not saying, you're a bunch of lost folks. He's saying, my dear brethren, my dear brethren, you know, we need to have a lot of grace with each other, don't we? We need to have a lot of grace with others. 
You need to meet them where they are. Right? Look what he says here. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, put a spell on you, that you should not obey the truth. That's the gospel. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. We looked at that, Christ crucified. That's the, that's the preacher's message, isn't it? Christ and him crucified. Now look, here's the first question. Now remember, the Judaizers are saying you must be circumcised to be saved along with faith in Christ. And look what he says here. He says, this question, this first question is a killer. But then he, he goes on by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to ask even more questions. But this, if, if they contemplated this first question in the right way, it'd be over right there. It'd be over right there. This is actually a good question for us to ask folks too who, who are caught up in works and stuff. Because salvation's by God's grace and grace alone. It's not by anything we've done. Look at this. This only what I learn of you. Received you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What a question. And he goes on. Are ye so foolish? Here's the two questions in one verse. Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? My, there's another killer question, isn't it? All these questions are just... Bam! Right between, right between the eyes. Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? So if, if they're saved by works, their works, and they've suffered through all these things, it's just in vain. Because they're going to go to hell if they're trusting their own works. See how he's bringing forth before them? The fact that salvation's of the Lord. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you. Doeth it he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are the faith the same are the children of Abraham. Look at that. Even as Abraham believed God. God said this is going to happen and Abraham believed him, right? No works, right? Just believe. I believe. I believe you, Lord. What did he tell his son? God will provide himself a lamb. He believed it. He believed that, that if he slayed Isaac, that God would raise him up again. But God provided a lamb, didn't he? Himself. It says in that text. And he did provide himself a lamb. The Lord Jesus Christ. God incarnate in the flesh. For us for us. In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, that's the Gentiles, right? Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, and these shall all nations be blessed. What was Abraham before the Lord called him? He's an idol worshiper, wasn't he? He's an idol worshiper, beloved. The Lord called him. The Lord saved him, didn't he? Oh, my so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So today our verse will be verse 2. This only what I learn of you. Received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So we see here Paul denouncing justification by works. With this one question, he totally denounces justification by works. By, and, and he brings forth that faith only comes by regeneration through the gift of the Holy Spirit of God, right? 
And now he's going to address how they received the Spirit. Was it by something they did? Now think of this in light of today. Pray this prayer and now you're saved. No Holy Spirit regeneration. None. None. That's why we call the, the um, when people do that sinner's prayer, we call it decisional regeneration. Because what they're doing is they're actually replacing the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And in that preacher, that false preacher says, now you're saved. Now you're part of the family of God. I heard that. I believed that before. And that's a false gospel. That's a false gospel, beloved. No, that's not right. How did we receive the Spirit? By grace, through faith. We're, and, and first of all, you must be born again, right? What comes first, faith or regeneration? Regeneration. And then, you're born again. You're born again, then you receive faith. So, what, he's, what Paul's contrasting here, did you receive the faith by your works? Or by the hearing of faith, by the preaching of the gospel? Because remember, faith cometh by hearing. We're going to look at that later on. And hearing by the word of God, right? Oh my. There's that hearing bought up here. The hearing of faith. And Paul's dealing with justification in and through Christ alone by faith alone. And now when the, when the scripture speaks of justification by faith, the scripture is speaking of faith's reception of the finished work of Christ, not faith's contribution, but faith's reception. Reception. Completion of it. If it had anything to do with us, then it's not salvation by grace, is it? See, the only reason we believe is because God gives us faith to believe. And then we receive, don't we? Gladly. Oh, don't we gladly receive the word of God now? I was listening to a message by a dear brother this morning before I came over. And I was telling you what, I was gladly receiving the word of God. <laughs> Oh, my. He's talking about Christ being my Savior and, and, and that we'll be with him in eternity and that we can't really grasp eternity. What it means? Because everything we do is locked into time and space and measured by time and space and changes, but God never changes? Oh, my. That means his love for us never changes? Yes, never. Oh, praise be to God. What a great Savior we have. And that means his salvation doesn't change either. Right? If God doesn't change, his salvation doesn't change. It's not based upon someone praying a prayer. It's all a grace. It's all mercy. Mercy. In no way at all do we contribute to our salvation. It is in and through the Lord Jesus Christ in him alone. There's absolutely no contribution by ourselves. As this preacher said, God didn't look down with a cosmic telescope and see who would choose him. No. No. God saves us by his grace. And he chooses us in eternity. In eternity. Isn't that wonderful? Our names were written in the... Now, now just let this, let this sink in for us. Our names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before there was ever a world. Before there was ever time. Our names were written 
in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, my. And it's his love and grace that wrote our names there. It's incredible. So we receive these truths, don't we now? Through God-given faith, now we believe them. I never even heard of them before the Lord saved me. I, I always thought, yeah, my good old way, my bad. Boy, oh boy, was I in for a surprise, wasn't I? When I found out there's none good, no, not one. And that means everyone, including me. What? Yeah, including me. Oh, my. I was so steeped in self-righteousness. My. Think of this, too. Sinners are not judicially pardoned by their faith. What are we pardoned by? The blood of Christ. Faith just lays a hold of Christ. Right? Faith just lays a hold. So, so then we can cry out with, with Jonah's salvations of the Lord from beginning to end. From beginning to end. We simply receive the knowledge of, of our pardon. Like Tim James said one time, we're, we're, we, we preachers stand up and say, this has already been done. This has already been done. We proclaim a finished work, a complete work. And God's people, by God-given faith, what do we do? Hallelujah! I believe! I believe, Lord! I believe you're my king. I believe you're my savior. I believe you, you shed your blood for me on Calvary's cross. And it's all because of what he's done. His perfect sin-atoning work as our substitute on Calvary's cross. So we have set here before us, in verse 2, a question of how one receives the Spirit. Is it by works or by faith, grace? Is it by the works of the flesh or is it by the grace of God? Let's read it again. This only will I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you receive the Spirit? By something you done? Or did faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God? See what he's doing? Saying, did you, did you receive the Spirit by supposedly being circumcised? Or having to be circumcised along with Christ? No, not at all. That's law doing, isn't it? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. No, he did it all for us. With these words, this only what I learn of you, Paul is bringing forth that there are many things that he could put before them. He's, he's bringing forth, there's many things I can put before you. But I'm going to ask this question to start. Which, if rightly thought about and honestly answered, it must expose the foolishness of the false teachers. Let's read it again. This only will I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law? So by what they're telling you you have to do? Or by the hearing of faith? Salvation's in Christ and him alone. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by, by something you did? Or did you receive the Holy Spirit by grace? By grace. My, oh, my. And this would put an end to the controversy if they really, really considered it, wouldn't it? It'd be over right there. The controversy of justification by, by law doing with Christ or justification by Christ and him alone. Which is what, again, Paul's setting forth before the Galatians here. 
that, that our justification is in and through Christ alone. And now take note, he's not saying that they have not received the Spirit. I love this. He's not saying you're a bunch of lost folks. Even with the Corinthians. When, when Paul corrects the church, he doesn't start off by going, well, you're all a bunch of lost people. He doesn't do that. No, and, and these books also show us how far we can slip. How even as believers, we can be susceptible to error. But who keeps us from error? It's the Lord. He keeps us from error. He keeps us. He gives us discernment, doesn't he? Gives us discernment. And he's not saying they're lost. He's saying, how did you receive the Spirit? I love this about Paul. He, he corrects with grace, doesn't he? He corrects with mercy, just like our Lord. Peter, do you love me? Oh, wow, yeah, Peter, yeah, Lord, yeah, you know I love Peter, do you love me? And the third time, Peter's almost in tears, isn't he? I could imagine him. He'd be blubber and mess. I know I would be. Would you? We would be, wouldn't we, if the Lord asked us that? Oh, Lord, we love you by your grace and by your mercy. But he's asking them here, and remember, remember who the true author of these words is, too. It's God the Holy Spirit, right? So Paul's asking this question, but on the Holy Spirit's perspective, it's not for information. He's setting, this is a good question to set before folks, isn't it? Yeah. Is one regenerated by works, law doing? Or is one regenerated by grace alone, through faith alone? By hearing the, or, or, or by hearing the gospel and the Holy Spirit re- regenerating us and then we believe. So the true author of these words is the very one who is the author of regeneration. Right? He's the one who regenerates us. So the question supposes that they had received the Spirit. It doesn't say they haven't. It supposes they had already received the Spirit. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of wisdom and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of revelation, right? Unless, unless God reveals himself, we'll never know him, right? But who does he reveal himself in? Christ in him alone. He reveals himself, God the Father reveals himself to us through Christ. That's why the Lord said, if you hate me, you hate the Father who sent me. My, oh my, that's serious business. So he's, he's asking them, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by something you did? By anything they did or by their supposed law obedience. And we know that no one can, no one can follow the law, can we? We're all guilty of it. It shows us our guilt before God. Every one of us are lawbreakers. Praise God, we're not under the law no more. <laughs> hey, Christ has redeemed us, what? From under the law. We're not under the law anymore, beloved. We're free. We're set free. Absolutely wonderful. So he's asking them, had they merited and secured the Holy Ghost by anything they did? 
Or had the Spirit came to them into their hearts through their doing? Or the doctrine of preaching the law? No. That's impossible, isn't it? That's impossible. They could not, like us, they could not obtain righteousness in life by the works of the law. No one can. No one can. They could not receive the Spirit by their supposed works. No one can. We can't. They can't. No one can. These Galatians, as well as all of God's enlightened saints, did not receive the Spirit of Christ by anything we've done. But we receive the Spirit of Christ by hearing. By hearing. They did not receive the Spirit of Christ. None of God's people received the Spirit of Christ by circumcision or law-keeping. They did not receive the Spirit of Christ by Sabbath day keeping, right? No. They did not receive the Spirit by the law of Moses. No. They did not hear, they did not receive the Spirit by hearing that God's done all he can do, and now the rest is up to you. Right? It's not how you receive the Spirit of God, is it? No. Let's read verse 2. And then turn to Romans 10. Put your finger in Romans 10 quickly. We do that first. Romans 10. Romans 10. And then we'll read Galatians 2, and then we'll go right to Romans 10. So how had they received the Spirit of God? How had they received the Spirit of God? Let's see what it says here. Let's look at Galatians 3, 2 now. This only what I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Hmm. What had they heard by the hearing of faith? What had they heard? Let's go to Romans chapter 10. We're starting verse 4 because I think verse 4 is just a mountaintop. I need to hear verse 4 today. Look at this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Praise God. I love that. Oh, I just couldn't get away from that verse. To everyone that believeth. There, there we go. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith spoken on this wise, right? That's what we were looking at in the end of verse 2 there. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, see, Regeneration's a heart work. It's a heart work. It's an operation of God. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For what saith the scripture? Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Praise God. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? See, a person can't be saved if they don't believe on Christ. How beautiful are the feet, or, or oh, sorry, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How can someone believe on Christ if they've never heard of him? I remember meeting a guy out west one time at a place I worked at, and I said, have you ever heard the gospel? He said, no. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you the gospel then. I'm going to tell you about Christ. In him alone, he'd never heard it. I, I thought at first he was joking with me, but he said, I've never heard it, Wayne. I was raised in a family that, that we didn't believe in God. We didn't, and I never was interested in looking into it or anything like that. And, well, he heard the gospel that day by the grace of God. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without someone sent by God to proclaim Christ? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Man can't preach unless he's sent. I can't tell you about someone who's, who's, uh, who saved me unless he saved me. Right? There's places you guys have visited that I haven't, right? But I couldn't tell you about that place, could I? But you could tell me. See, how shall a man preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ unless the Lord saved his soul? That's what the Lord's bringing forth here. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Look at that. That ties right into with our verse, doesn't it? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, God uses... I, I proclaim the gospel, and somewhere between you and I, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of those words, because all I'm doing is telling you what Christ has done for me, or telling you what I've learned this week, right? And the Holy Spirit takes those words, and he just applies it to your heart, and you guys are blessed by them. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. One sinner telling other sinners about where to find bread. Hey, I found bread! It's wonderful! Let's feast! Give me some. Yeah. <laughs> I got more than I can ever eat. Here you go. Right? <laughs> oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's so wonderful. It's just wonderful. So they, as well as us, heard. What did they hear? They heard that Jesus Christ was crucified. That he was the God-man. That he was the only begotten Son of God. What else did they hear? Well, they, they heard that when he was crucified, he took all the writing of ordinances that was against his people and he nailed it to his cross. He blotted out all their transgressions with his precious, precious blood that were contrary to us. And he took it out of the, out of the way, nailing it to his cross, Colossians says. And we heard that, that Christ is all our righteousness. That we can't produce any righteousness that make us fit to be in the presence of God. And we heard that Jesus Christ, by himself, purged our sins. Purged them. They're all gone. They're all gone. 
We heard that, that, that our Father has forgiven all our trespasses for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. This is what they heard too. We heard that, that God quickened us. He gave us life when we were dead in trespasses and sins with no hope. And Christ gave our, us life and that he gives life to whomsoever he wills. Whomsoever he wills. We heard that, that God's Holy Spirit quickened us. Quickened us. He makes us alive. Spiritually alive. And that the flesh contributed absolutely nothing. Nothing. See, that humbles our pride, doesn't it? But it exalts Christ so much, beloved. Oh, it lifts him up. We heard, we heard that it wasn't our will or our works, but God's sovereign mercy and that we're saved according to his will and his purpose and his grace that he saved our eternal soul. We heard that the, the preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, and it is, isn't it, for us? It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. And in preaching of that gospel, the gospel of of salvation in Christ alone, God reveals Jesus Christ as the only righteousness that he will accept. And he is the Lord, our righteousness, isn't he? That's Jehovah's Gindu. He's the Lord, our righteousness. That's our Savior. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came down from heaven to save our souls. And we also heard that no flesh should glory in God's presence. And the reason we don't glory, because we have nothing to glory in, in ourselves. But we have the glory in Christ, don't we? We can, we can glory in our King, can't we? In what he's done, what he accomplished by himself for us. He's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That according to it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. That's who we glory in. We glory in the Lord, beloved. And our Lord Jesus said, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Blessed are you. We're blessed people, beloved. We're blessed by God that we hear, and that we hear the words of, of the shepherd through the preaching of the gospel, that we see Christ now when we never saw him before. We're so blessed. And only a man or a woman who's never seen anything or ever heard anything can really appreciate these words because now we see by God's grace. And we can appreciate those, the words set before us in the scripture, can't we? And if we've ever heard his voice with the ears of our heart, we can truly say that God has richly blessed us. Oh, he's blessed us so much, beloved. And our text says this. Let's go back to our text. This only what I learn of you. Received you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So again, it's set before us, right? Let's, here's a few things. Here's a few things to ponder concerning these verses, to meditate on this week. We have, who have received God's spirit. Those who have received the Holy Spirit of God have received the spirit of adoption. Spirit of, see, this preacher I listened to this morning said, when, when we fell in Adam, we became orphans. And he says, so then you have to have a willing parent to adopt, don't you? And that willing parent has to have the means to take care of the adopted son or daughter, doesn't he? 
he or she. Oh, God the Father. We're adopted now, beloved. Isn't that wonderful? Chosen in Christ. Oh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So we can appreciate the words of God. We can, oh, we can just rejoice in the words of God. So here's some things for us to ponder. Those who have received the Holy Spirit of God have received the spirit of adoption, number one. God himself predestinated us. God himself, he predestinated us. Unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, not according to our will, but according to the good pleasure of his will. Here's another thing to contemplate too. Without the spirit of God, we will not receive any spiritual understanding because in our unregenerate state, spiritual truths are foolishness to us. Now, now we have seeing eyes and hearing ears. Rejoice, beloved. Rejoice. God's children receive the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. It's the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit, to take the things of Christ and to reveal them to us. He won't speak of himself. He'll reveal Christ to us. Oh, this is wonderful. And in the false sense of the meaning of the word, no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit of God. By, and I'm not talking those charismatics that say, well, Jesus Christ is Lord! Just to, just to say, see, I believe. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone, man or a woman, who truly knows Christ truly knows Christ. We can say Jesus Christ is Lord by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. In faith, true saving faith believes God. Believes, believes what God has said. And one of my favorite verses I'm going to leave you with is, a, and I, I'm still learning what this means, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never. What a promise. What a promise. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here together. Oh, Lord, we pray that we take these things that we heard today. Oh, it's so wonderful. Salvation's all of you, Lord. All of you, Father. And we praise you and we thank you that before time ever was, you chose us because we never would have chosen you. Oh, what great mercy you've shown the people of God. What great mercy you've shown your people in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, we thank thee for coming and dying for us and bleeding, shedding thy precious, precious blood to redeem our eternal souls. And Holy Spirit, we thank thee for regenerating us, that we're born again by thy almighty power. Oh, may you receive all the glory, Father and Son and Holy Spirit today. And may your people, we who are your people, may we leave here rejoicing in the wonderful salvation that we have in and through you, Lord Jesus. And we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, 